Hi, this is Lindy, the creator and host of Lindy's Audio Cafe, a podcast focused on positive and thought-provoking stories. Life gets busy, and in the race for happiness, we sometimes forget it's often the smaller things in life that truly matter. My podcast is focused on the stories that don't make tabloids, the basics that make you smile, the kindness of people who help make the world a better place. Yeah, we need a bit more of that. But before we get started, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks for listening. Hello there, and welcome back to Lindy's Audio Cafe. My name is Lindy, and I'm so happy to be back in the podcast chair this morning. As always, I'd love to extend a hearty welcome to anyone who's tuning in for the first time, and welcome back if you've listened to previous episodes. It's February 1st today, and I'm up at 5.15 a.m. I slept in yesterday, didn't get up till 7 a.m. That's unusual for me, as I'm usually an early bird. But today, I felt like I could go back to sleep. I've got things I want to get done. I'm making a custom journal for someone who's close to me who's decided to quit smoking after 50 years. That's a huge challenge, and she's up for it. I feel like I'm a behind-the-scenes cheerleader on this one. You know, first of all, she let me know that my podcast, titled Mind Over Matter, helped her to decide she was ready to do this. Oh, I'd love to take credit, but reality is, it was just a little tweak in a mind that already knew the time was coming. If my podcast helped her get that little nudge, I'm so happy because I know in the long run she's going to feel so much better for this. It's not going to be easy, but I know she can do it. After I recorded the podcast that day titled Mind Over Matter, I took it one step further and I created a journal to go with it titled Mind Over Matter. Now, I've altered this journal to a large format size for this lady I was just talking about, and I've provided some creative pages in it to make it a little bit of fun. In the front, I have a picture of this little karate girl, and she's given a big karate kick to cigarettes, and the cigarettes are breaking. It's got some swear words on it, so maybe I won't say it here, but basically it says, F you cigarettes, I'm going to kick you in the arse. <laughs> After I made that book, I decided I should do a non-smoking journal maybe too, but I think that's going to be another creation down the line. This is it for now. I talked to another lady yesterday, and she quit smoking in her early 60s. She'd smoked for years, and the stress of work likely made it harder for her to quit. When she retired, she decided that was it. She was done. I asked her if she had any smoking aids. She said, nope, she'd made up her mind. She told me that she'd smoked her head off the night before and had two cigarettes left in her package. She'd smoked so much it nearly made her sick to her stomach, but she had it in her head, this is my last rodeo on this one, and when I'm done, I'm finished. She hasn't looked back. What if I told you I was first introduced to cigarettes at the age of five? Yikes! Kids learn so much from adults, and back when I was growing up, smoking was the in thing. We had glass ashtrays in our home, and even though our mom didn't smoke, when someone came for coffee, the ashtrays were brought out along with the coffee cups and a plate of cookies. As kids, we thought it looked glamorous. Oh, you could pick up a magazine. There'd be pictures of shapely, attractive women. They'd have long, skinny cigarettes held in well-manicured hands. Oh my, it looked so elegant. <laughs> I was watching an old movie the other day, and in the movie, the doctors were smoking cigarettes while they reviewed an x-ray chart. Ha! Huh. We had tea parties with our teddy bears, and I used to scoop up a glass ashtray, put it on the table with a toy china set, and use my crayons for cigarettes. We could even buy candy cigarettes in those days, and now they're simply called candy sticks, and the manufacturers have removed the colored red end that simulated the burning side. Yes, we were bombarded with it, and as kids, we thought it was cool. My best friend, who was also five years old, had a great idea one day. Let's sneak a cigarette from his mom's package and see if we can give it a try. I remember her cigarettes. They were the kind that had a picture of a cat on the cover. 
So he scooped up a couple in a box of matches, rounded up the boy from next door, and the three of us headed up to the hillside near our houses. It was a windy day in the late spring, and he couldn't get the cigarette lit. He decided to light a small clump of grass on fire so the cigarette could be lit from the grass. What the heck? Well, not much more to tell. The fire spread, and soon a neighbor was rushing out with blankets, and the fire department had been called. It was a very small fire, and we are so lucky it did not get out of control. The damage that could have been caused from that very small incident could have been devastating for nearby residences. I can remember my friend's dad standing by their front door, arms crossed, looking sternly at me and saying, Are you going to tell your mother, or am I going to tell your mother? It was terrible. I will never forget the fear, the sinking feeling, the realization that what we had done was well beyond sneaking a cookie from the cookie jar. We were five years old, old enough to know better, but young enough to not understand the consequences of our actions until it was almost too late. Oh, believe me, I learned the consequences. I had my privileges removed for two weeks. I was supposed to start a children's youth program at the local United Church, and Mom did not allow me to go with the other kids for the first two sessions. I was grounded. Even though I was not the one with the cigarettes, I was part of the group by simply being there, and that was a hard lesson taught very early in life. I was 12 years old before I tried it again. That's still pretty young, but a little bit more reasonable than five years old. New rules came out, and the stores required you to have a note from your parents. Oh, I pulled a fast one and wrote a note to Mrs. J and to release a package of cigarettes to my daughter, along with a carton of milk. I figured that looked very realistic. After all, why would a child want to buy milk? Oh, I was feeling so proud of myself as I tucked those cigarettes in my coat pocket and carried the milk home. Imagine Mum's surprise when I arrived with a carton of milk and announced I just wanted to share Mom was so proud of me for buying the milk. I headed up that same hill behind our house, the one where we'd gotten into trouble seven years earlier, and tried a few puffs on that cigarette. I loved the taste, but I was afraid if I smoked too much, the scent would be on me. I smoked half, extinguished it properly, and buried my evidence. I ran home, washed my hands in the bathroom sink, and joined everyone at the kitchen table. I somehow had this nervous feeling inside, a stress feeling, knowing that I was doing something bad. This went on a few more times, but I was not a naturally born bad child. I I had guilt inside, and every time I snuck one of those cigarettes, I'd lay in bed at night feeling scared and sick. I was afraid of getting caught, and I simply felt guilty. Kids are kids, and after a few weeks, one of my neighborhood friends joined me. We snuck behind the local auto dealership near our school. We lit up our cigarettes after school and we puffed away thinking we looked so cool. As an adult looking back, I am horrified. Like, what on earth were we thinking? One day, and I'm going to call this girl Ellie, I won't use her real name, but one day a girl named Ellie came by and she caught us. She gave us a stink eye and said, I saw you smoking. And of course, I denied it. Oh, no, no, not us. We're just looking at them. We were never really going to smoke them. Well, she knew better. She hopped on her bike and said, You better not be or I'll tell on you. I was so annoyed with her at the time. Probably even called her goody-goody two-shoes yet. (laughs) Years later, she kindly invited me to her birthday party. We were in the school band together, and to this day, I'm friends with her. We're connected on social media. 
She's a strong, active woman, and I bet she even forgets this happened. Fifty years later, she's a strong, healthy, athletic woman, and she's got a really kind heart. But backing it up a little bit, after she threatened to tell on us, I lay awake at night scared to pieces about getting caught. I was the kid in the family that always pushed boundaries, but I wasn't without a conscience. I lay in bed one night bawling my eyes out because I knew what I was doing was wrong. Mum came in the room and asked me what was wrong, and I told her I'd been smoking. I figured it was better that she heard it from me. I remember how disappointed she looked, and she asked, Why? Why are you doing this? I got grounded for a week, and wow, did I ever have a lot of chores. Whenever I was in trouble, it seemed the ironing board and a can of starch was brought out, and I was doing a lot of ironing. Heck yeah, I was even ironing the blue jeans and putting a crease in them. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, I was hearing the other day that concerns have been raised over too many gambling ads playing on certain networks. Apparently the concern is that young people are being influenced by it. Sure, winning a million bucks does look glamorous, but there's a cost to taking that risk. And that cost goes by the name of gambling. Gambling can be addictive, and gambling can sneak up and rob you blind if it gets the better of you. When I was growing up, cigarette ads were everywhere. We had smoking and non-smoking sections in restaurants. When I worked as a waitress, when I was in high school, my clothes smelt like greasy french fries and old stale smoke when I came home. Smoking was touted as being the great option for losing weight. Yikes. Didn't stop there for me. I continued to smoke in high school, and I have no idea how my mom didn't figure it out. I'm a non-smoker now, and I can smell cigarette smoke on someone across the room. Okay, no offense, please, if you're a smoker, but reality is, is if you smoke, you can't smell it. But as a non-smoker, it's an awful smell. Most of my friends smoked, and I had a group of smoking friends in school, and I had my group of non-smoking friends. As a teenager, I didn't want my non-smoking friends to know about my nasty habit. And I look back at a bunch of 14-year-olds, you know, sneaking into the local cafe after school, ordering coffee, french fries with gravy, and lighting up our cigarettes. We must have looked so silly, a bunch of kids doing this. What a great investment with my hard-earned money from working. Not. Yeah, well, I got caught again, only this time my older sister had gone in my purse and found that little white package. She wasn't one to ever rock the boat on anything, and me, well, the opposite. Once again, privileges were gone, I was grounded, and there was a lot more ironing to do. As an older teen, grounding is devastating. You don't want to miss out on what the others are doing. We had no internet. Not in those days. I was banned from yakking on the phone during that time. I thought I might quit after that, but I didn't. I decided I would just get smarter. Well, that obviously did not happen. I stopped the summer before grade 12. Finally, but my motivation came from my heart and not my head. I had fallen in love with a young pilot who was a number of years older than me. I'd met him when I was waitressing at a local cafe near the airport. I was head over heels in love with this young man. He was blonde, with high cheekbones, tall, thin, athletic, and funny. Best of all, he liked me. Imagine that. I dated him the entire year I was in 12th grade and it would not have happened had I been smoking. He'd been a competitive cross-country skier. His entire family was focused on physical fitness, racing, and part of an active community. We were riding in the car one day, still very new in our relationship, and I opened my purse and he saw the package of cigarettes. 
I saw the look of disgust in his eyes, and he said, You aren't going to smoke that, are you? My heart fluttered, and I knew that I was falling in love very fast with this young man. Oh, no, I replied. I'm actually quitting. This is it. I won't be doing this anymore. Well, that's good, he replied, because I only don't, honestly don't think I could date a smoker. Fair enough. I got it. I stopped. Then I married him when I was 19, and when I was 21, he died in a tragic accident. We'd been together for just over four years, and it was devastating. I recall being in the car with one of his other family members after I'd purchased a pack of cigarettes to help get me through a stressful time. I was about to light one up, and his brother said to me, Please tell me you're not going to start that again. Please don't. I know this is hard, but that will just make things worse for you. I threw the cigarettes out. I knew he was right. I smoked two more times after that. One was in the mid-1990s. I was driving to Watson Lake. This is in the Yukon in the winter months. Uh, My boss had sent me on a trip and the weather was crap. It had been snowing out, the roads had become quite slick, and it was about a five-hour drive with not too many cars on the road. At that point, I had a young child at home and I was very stressed driving under those conditions. I left with a full load in the van and was coming home empty. A large van on winter roads can be challenging. On my way home, I'd just gone around a corner and the van started to slide on ice. I could see the edge at the corner and there was no guardrail. I thought for sure that van was going to go over the edge, but it's like there was this little guardian angel as it neared the edge and suddenly it regained traction and I made it back on the road. There wasn't a lot of places to stop and a whiteout snowstorm had hit. It was hard to see my horizon because everything was white. All I could think about was my daughter at home and how important it was to get home to her. I pulled up to Rancheria. It was a little highway lodge on the way back, and I stopped to wait out the snowstorm. It stopped, but I was stressed. That near miss on the corner had taken its toll. I bought the first package of cigarettes I'd bought in years, and I lit one up in the vehicle as I drove. Somehow it brought psychological calm to a stressed young mum. It wasn't long after I left the Teslin area that my heater quit working on the van. Ah, that was one cold trip, and I was so grateful. I had my big Sorrel winter boots, my snow pants, my winter gear. I can honestly say that's one of the worst road trips I've ever had in my life, and I was so grateful to be back home. Cold toes and hands, but a warm heart, and I hugged my daughter so hard when I picked her up to bring her home, and oh, I had an upset stomach, because I'd use cigarettes to calm me. I threw them out when I got home. That was the last time I thought smoking was going to be a go-to for stress, and I kept my focus on exercise. We learn so much at a young age, and when I look at all the smokers who've been smoking for 40, 50, 60 years, I remind myself that many people started smoking at a time when it was the in thing to do. Many did it because everyone in their circle was doing it, and print media was making it look glamorous. As I mentioned earlier, at five years old, we were putting crayons in the mouths of our teddy bears at a tea party. I feel saddened now when I see younger people doing it. We have so much more education now. We didn't have that back in our day. I want to stop and say, no, 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 please don't do it. I know people who smoked and died of cancer. Please, it's not good. Don't do it. I just want to say that. I want to say, no, please don't. Please don't. Please, please, please. You only have one body. And if you screw it up, there may be no turning back. But I can't do that. It's not my place to approach kids I don't know on the street. But I often think of that when I walk by. If you're a smoker who's trying to quit, it's so important to be supportive and non-judgmental. We don't know what got that person started. 
What triggered that first urge to light up and puff away? We do know, though, is that nicotine is the main addictive drug in tobacco, and that makes quitting really, really hard. Nicotine triggers the release of chemicals that make you feel good and stimulates a part of your brain that becomes used to it. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website, nicotine can change how your brain works, makes you feel like you need nicotine just to feel okay. It also says if you stop smoking, your brain gets irritable. You might get anxious or upset or have a hard time concentrating or sleeping. Quitting any form of addiction is a challenge, and quitting smoking is no easy feat. I know someone who had a heart attack and was told to quit smoking, and he still smokes. I know of a few people who were told by their doctors they needed to stop, and they didn't, because it had become an addiction and a crutch during stressful times. I know someone who didn't make it to 50 years old because the cigarettes had more strength than the advice of medical professionals and cancer prevailed. It's no easy path to quitting, and I stress again, if someone close to you is trying to quit, be supportive and don't judge. We're not in that person's shoes. It's been decades now since I've smoked, but you know, if I walk past a group outside and they're all smoking, I sometimes still get that occasional craving. Yet to the contrary, if I'm around someone who does smoke, I can't stand the smell and I find it quite repulsive. I won't do it again, ever. And I'm so eternally grateful for the wise words of that young pilot back in the 1980s. You aren't really going to smoke those, are you? Nope. If you're trying to quit smoking, don't feel you gotta go at it alone. There's professional help, through therapy, through group programs, medical support. There's just so many ways to tackle it. There's also Mind Over Matter, which I talked about a few episodes back. If you're trying to quit and you have a slip, don't give up. Turf those nasty old cancer-causing sticks in the garbage, kick them in the butt, and make yourself busy. Idle hands are going to be more aware that they are non-smoking hands, and and busy is better. Maybe have a stash of popcorn or something low-fat you can munch on while you knock down those cravings. And be kind to people who are my generation. We grew up at a time when smoking was not only accepted but encouraged, and for some people, it's not so easy to change direction. Like anything, with a bit of help and willpower, it is possible. Just don't be afraid to ask for help. A final little quick note here. If you are in Canada, you can find my Mind Over Matter, coil-bound version of my journal on my little home-based business website. Uh, My website's at lindybooksandaudio.com. It's not the same as my podcast episodes. It's a little website um, where I sell the journals that I make at my home-based business. If you're outside of Canada, the Mind Over Matter journal is now going to be available on Amazon uh, in a couple of days. Uh, So I'll put the links in my show notes once I have that available as well, but you will be able to find my little journal on Amazon as well. Um, And a reminder, if you're listening to this through a podcast app such as Apple or Spotify or any other podcast app, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I've got over 100 episodes recorded now. You can find these at www.lindysaudiocafe.com. I am a hobby podcaster, uh, and I hope you do enjoy the episodes. My goal is always to provide positive and thought-provoking entertainment. Uh, I also have a Facebook group page for Lindy's Audio Cafe. Um, I always post on there when a new episode is out, and it really makes my day when you share my posts so others can hear the episodes also. Uh, I'm not looking to get famous. It's not my goal. I just hope that if there's anything positive in the podcast, you can help others find out about it. put a lot of work into this. I really do, and it's nice to know that people can enjoy it. 
Okay, that's it. It's time to extinguish this episode. <laughs> okay, cheesy choice of words when I'm talking about smoking, but yeah, time to call it a day. Binding Machines calling my name, and I've got a large format custom journal about to travel 2,500 kilometers to a new home, to the home of a lady who's about to quit smoking. For the lady who's about to embark on this no-smoking journey after 50 years, I am thinking of you, and I know you can do this. You've got this. You truly do, and you're not alone. All right, take care, everyone. Have a great day, and remember as you do head out, smiles come in all languages and in all colors. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to click like and share it so others can enjoy it also. Join the Lindy's Audio Cafe podcast group for updates. Oh, and positive reviews are always welcome as well. (laughs) Check the show notes for updated links. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.